What time is it? It's time for my time. Happy hours. That's that's why I pulled you down because you look 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 what we did. Look what we did. Look what we did. <laughs> All right, I'm excited. You, you've like destroyed everybody's earballs. Well, uh, hey man, if you're too loud you, or too old. You're you're too aggressive. You're I, too I'm angry. I'm not too aggressive. I am not angry. You are. You are. You know what you are. What what I'm. George. Come on, man. Hambone. You gotta give me a better theme song. Nope, this is your theme song. This uh, is what we're proud to play for you oh every God. single week. Somewhere snow is going, ah, someone like they boom down. But man, no. You gotta give me a better theme song. I, I, I would like to say that that is, when I think of you, I, I think informer. Jesus Christ. You George. inform people. You I, tell I, them about I, life I, and I, happiness and I, the pursuit I, of happiness. I, 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 the I don't think that's what the song informer means, man. I think that's what it means. I, I really do. I don't think it's a negative thing. I, 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 I don't I, I I disagree. Respectfully disagree. You you, you can re- you can respectfully disagree. Snow, however, is famous, and you're not. So that's not a bad thing George. right now. You know, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Also, once again this week, joining us in Casa Coroneos is the phenomenal, the fabulous. Where the hell is your soundtrack? I don't know where you are. Yo, you dead? You rush? We've got Don. Oh, you got that horrible intro thing at the beginning of your song. Yeah, buddy. Don Becker, unwinnable well, why, why zone. You gotta, why, why you gotta make fun of I, I mean, you know, it's Rush. You know, you're from all you know, Island. I, I really thought after last week you'd be a little more, a uh, little, little, little more prog forward. No, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say a lot of people love that segment. Oh lord! A lot of people told me never talk about Prague ever again on the yeah, show. Yeah, it's kind of painful. I actually thought last week's episode was very good, but but yeah, the part where I'm just like, okay, you have five minutes, go, and you're like, no, you actually have three. Yeah, well, you know, but and I think I went for five anyway. It it doesn't matter. It's all good. We still love you, but we have one more person to say. This is the first time we're ever doing a four man booth. I said we would never do a four man booth. We never should say never on the show. But, but I, I, we're gonna try it out this week only. And with us today, we have the Messiah. We have someone second only to Christ himself, the Lord, our Savior, Joshua Goldfarb. Yeah, buddy. Soaking in the love. Soaking in the love. I need this song to somehow follow me. Every time I walk into a room, I, I feel like if, if you did have theme music, like when you were walking down the street and like, say, maybe like you give a quarter to a homeless person or open the door for an old lady at Starbucks, this should just pop off immediately. Here's the problem. Those are nice things. So I would never hear the song. I know you're a heel. Yeah, I, I was person. going to uh, have mine set up to play Pretty Fly for a White Guy. Well, you, you do love the offspring. <laughs> 20th anniversary this week, by the way. 20th wow. anniversary of Pretty Fly for a White Guy. Wow. However, I realized, well, I have the opening track, so I can't really have my own theme song and the opening track to My Tie Happy Hour. Yeah, you so, can. I mean, you are the host, it so... Would, it would be a little odd. It would be a little strange, so we're not going that route. I would, actually, I would never say that you're stroking your own ego. I, I support this. Uh, also, so we have Josh here Wait, today. George stroking his own ego? I know. No. no. We, we had a whole no. different show set up today for, uh, I don't know, we're, we're going to talk about a lot more about Disney and our vacation. Absolutely. We came back from the second pit of hell, not the Jacob Javits Center, Disney World. 
But it's the happiest place on earth. It's the happiest place on earth. It's not Disneyland. And it was 90 and humid, and nobody told us it was fucking teachers' conventions. Oh, really? Uh, That's tough. I could have told you that, buddy. That's that's a hard break. Do you know who was there with us? New Jersey. The entire state? The entire state of New Jersey was was at Walt Disney World. So that's why it was so easy for me to get in and out of the mall last weekend. It was, it was, it was, I mean, look, we had a great time. We had a great time with our kid. We're going to go in deep. I'm going to deep dive Walt Disney World next week. But this week, we, we realized last minute that it's a, a very sad day in the punk rock world today. I couldn't believe the news when I heard it. You know what today is in the punk rock world? Today is the punk rock day the music died. Yeah, today is the day... That's the day Joey Ramone died, you fool. But um, yeah, or possibly right. Joe Strummer. But today... The Warp Tour was announced as canceled. Yeah, they canceled it. Twenty eighteen will be the last Warp Tour at its twenty fourth year. So having having been to, I th- I believe I can I think I was at eleven out of whatever the number is twenty four. Uh, Warp tours, most of them with this man Josh Goldfarb. Many of them together. Many of them together. I felt that we needed to have him in the house today Absolutely. to discuss the Warp tour. Also, because since Don Becker can only talk about two things, Prague and wrestling, you know it. We would just have him just shut his mouth until we get to the wrestling portion. Well, of wait show. a second, Don. Have you ever gone to the Warp tour? No, no. I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 you know what? It's it's like walking into a really clear door. He's like it's, fifty, and he. Like, First off, he, he doesn't look like a day over 35. Have you seen his skin? He doesn't look like he's been out in the sun no. since, like, I don't know. No, Bauhaus he, was actually on the charts. He is the opposite of George Hamilton. He is complete opposite. Not leathery at all. No. Uh, why, why you got to shame my Irish heritage? I'm not. I'm, I'm right there with you, man. I actually had no idea you were Irish at all. I mean, it could have been the red hair tip off. The but, red you know. hair and the pale skin didn't give it away. <laughs> I kind of thought you were Nor- Norwegian. You've got that Norwegian thing going. That's a new one. So we're going to start off the show as we do every week. Instead of doing a history of a cocktail, I'm just going to review Trader Sam's. Because we it. went to Trader Sam's in Walt Disney World. For those that don't know, Trader Sam's Disney's own tiki bar. Uh, Disney decided uh, a few years back to open up their own tiki bar in, uh, I think, the Walt Disney Hotel in Disneyland. And um, it pretty much, they're like, we're going we're gonna to just knock it out of the park. We're going to make the best tiki bar that you can make that that Disney money can buy. So stack it against what is your favorite tiki bar in the world? Frankie's Tiki Bar. Stack it against Frankie's Tiki Room. Frankie's Tiki well, I'd say they're on the same level but Frankie's would be more of like an R-rated movie and like Trader Sam's would be a PG movie even though Trader Sam's is named after the cannibal headhunter in the Jungle Cruise. Fair enough. Uh, their drinks amazing the tiki tipsy level in there is second to none every inch of the place is covered in amazing tikiness uh mass they have their own line of tiki farm mugs including like the nautilus which is like a boat shaped out of the uh the nautilus from disney yeah also 20,000 leagues under the sea thank th- you thank you also their uh halloween themed one was once again the stacked uh, night, night, uh, the, the the guys from the haunted the mansion. Haunted mansion. That's awesome. Yeah, amazing stuff. They're great trunken head mud. I had a painkiller and a mai tai. Very very good. Allison had this one drink that tasted like an eggnog. Really? But it was more rum based. Yeah, because eggnog is essentially elf cum. Thank you, David Tell. Yeah. Um, Could never drink eggnog. Eggnog yeah. does not work for me. We need you to come up with a better Christmas themed. Oh, I'll do it. Cocktail Ch- Challenge accepted. Please do. Well, I, I normally do my hammock cane, but I, I've actually been researching, like, reducing some things like cranberries and apples, so I'll come up with something. So let me ask you this. Disney money, does that buy you the ability to actually call it painkiller painkiller? No. 
No, they've got another name for it, which I'm blanking on right okay. now. Okay. But it's not the painkiller. And, uh, yeah, it's not the painkiller. I just realized... There we go. There's a lot more sound in our earballs, which will probably blow us out. Hold That's us. okay. I'll try not to get too loud. That's good. But at least now I know how loud we actually are. I realized I had the the uh, uh, headphone sound super low. And I apologize in advance to the people listening in their cars. I just got a new pair of cowboy boots. So if you hear any clicking, it's me accidentally putting my feet on the floor. Usually it's just the sound of you like creaking from your like shitty back from doing... No. From doing no. what's it called? Uh, no, I did not get a shitty back from doing that. I've always had a shitty back. Oh, uh, what's it called? Uh, the really bad workout, Josh. It is not a really bad Pilates. workout. No, the, Pilates is a fantastic the workout. The other one. I was doing CrossFit, and I did not injure oh, myself doing that CrossFit. that is not smart. That I, is not I, smart. I have had creak a, all the time. I, no, I do not. I've always creaked. I've always had a bad back and bad joints ever since I was a little kid. So you decided to make it worse by doing CrossFit? No. No, he's got a really George. good point. I mean, the CrossFit Jesus thing is working for you. Clearly, the new pants, the cowboy boots, the shirt, <sighs> you like look more put together. But I can't believe. DDP yoga would work just as well. I'm doing DDP yoga. You know who would never do CrossFit because they know better? Snow. Snow would go, absolutely go, go for him. George would not do it. I mean, God damn it! But, but, but you know, you want to lick the boom boom down. We understand. It's all good. It's all good. I gotta say, I I really like that song. I, I keep so the only reason I know about it is because <laughs> I actually have it on my hip hop mix in yeah. my car. It's a really I'm good that song. White. I'm that white. You are that white. So let's get back to the Warped Tour. We're also today going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about the 30 for 30 Ric Flair, which everyone should have watched. Absolutely, everyone should watch it. We're going to talk about who's the biggest franchise, Star Wars or Marvel, because me and my wife had this heated discussion in line to meet I don't know, Groot, I think, uh, with random people around us trying to figure out who, what the bigger franchise is. Yeah, I'll, There actually is I'm ready kind, to throw there down. kind of is a real answer to it, but we're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about Survivor Series Survivor Series and War Game predictions, and I might rant about stuff here and there. But let's talk first about the Warp Tour. Right. Hambone, have you ever been to the Warp Tour? Yeah. Like, you know, you haven't seen Iron Maiden, so I figured maybe you've never been on the Warp okay, Tour. Okay, so in fairness, I was going to the Warp Tour in the early 90s before I actually started touring and playing seriously in bands. I mean, I was always playing seriously in bands, but like when you're actually able to drive to gigs, you're playing seriously in bands. So uh, I went to the Warp Tour a lot in the, the early 90s. You and did not go in the early 90s. I did. No, it started in 95, and you were too young to go in 95. So I went in 96, 97, and 98. Most importantly... Did you go to the best warp tour ever? Are we talking Randall's Island? We're talking Action Park. Oh no, I didn't get to go to Action Park. I wish I could have Greg on the phone today <sighs> because we were were you at Action Park, Josh? I missed it. Uh we'll and it is ac- such accident a huge park. disappointment in my life. Yeah. So the Warp Tour, for those that don't know, Kevin Lyman, who used to work for Lollapalooza, broke off and created this punk rock uh, road show. It started out in the West Coast and played, and then moved out very quickly, expanded throughout the country. It is the longest running. Uh, traveling fair music festival, music Concert festival, music yeah. festival, be- beating out all the little fairs and the and the Lollapaloozas. Well, and- Kevin Lyman did three years on Lollapalooza, and he started doing the Warp Tour and got Vans as a sponsor because he desperately needed the money to get this thing off the ground. And Vans thought, well, we really don't have any visibility anywhere but California, so shit, we'll throw some money behind it. And now Vans is everywhere. 
And the big thing about this was he always, it was a very democratic process. You, you, no matter how big you were as a band, you pay, played the, show, the stage you were associated with. You played a half hour every night. Uh, bands loved it. They called it their, their, their summer camp because they had to play for a half hour every night. They'd roll into a new city on their bus and just, you know, play for a half hour. And various times, some bands would have to play in the middle of the afternoon. Sometimes you'd see like huge bands at the end of the night, the beginning of the night. It was a very interesting way to present punk rock. I also love the fact that he didn't stick to it being old-timey punk rock. Right. He continued to expand his horizons and the music, the genres of the times, even though it's crap I would never listen to. Yeah. He never stopped looking for what was new. That's I would, awesome. I would agree 100%. The genius behind it, behind its success is that he never shoehorned himself into one style of music like you were saying, George, which punk rock loves to categorize itself and put labels on itself. And he refused to do that. Whatever young kids going to Hot Topic wanted to listen to, he would pl- he would book those bands. And that's why they were so successful for so long. Well, Katy Perry got her start on the Warped Tour. Which blew my when, mind. When, uh, when I read that today, I was like, you know what? It actually makes complete sense to but, me. But we also saw Eminem on the Warp Tour. Right. We saw we saw the Black Eyed Peas on the Warp Tour. Right. We saw Ice T. Papa on Roach, the Warped Tour. Papa Limp Biscuit, Limp Biscuit. Uh, who? I mean, the well, I mean, Papa Roach and Limp Biscuit's not too far off base. But Katy Perry, I mean, I think that's awesome. Yeah. But but at the time, Limp Bizkit was very much anti. Like they're, the punk band, you know, they weren't really appreciated that much. But we saw right. Kid Rock for the first time on the Warped Tour, playing the small stage opening up at Randall's Island. Right. But we also like the first year. The f- first year it came to the East Coast. I believe there was a year before on the West Coast. But the first year, I mean, it was Sublime. It was Civ. It was uh, Rocket from the No. no. That was the for, second year. First year was Face Quick to Face. Sand. Nope, that was second year. Was that second year? Quicksand headlined. It was Quicksand. It was Sublime. It was Civ. It was Sick of It All. It was um, blank. probably Pennywise. L seven. L seven. Pennywise was not on it till the second year. Well, I mean, here's the thing. It went from being maybe like fifteen bands, twenty bands, to being more bands listed than the back of a pack of Ernie Ball strings. I would actually argue. I think it was like eight bands the first year. Two dueling stages at the right. World Tour. And there was a Hurricane Felix. Hurricane Felix was barreling towards us. Right. I'll never forget seeing Quicksand on stage. And Quicksand is not a punk band. I think it's easy no, to get not at all. Definitely more of uh, what actually was considered emo back in the 90s, but became, um, I don't know, what the post-hardcore. I, was, I would say post-hardcore more uh, than emo. But it was definitely a hodgepodge of bands that, that Kevin Lyman clearly liked that kind of fit a mold. And... He brought them out, and it was really cool, and it fit nicely. You get T-shirts, um, affordable T-shirts, affordable T-shirts. Yeah, Deftones that first year. No, Deftones didn't play our our side though. It's possible they okay, were, yeah, but it yeah. wasn't. It wasn't over here. Um, See, when the Deftones made it here, people were like getting their arms broken in the pit of all things, like people getting carried off on those golf carts. Uh, for the Deftones at Randall's Island. I remember that specifically. And again, the Deftones were on a few years later, again, when they were much bigger. Much bigger. I think that was the year that Suicidal Tendencies played. Uh, my favorite memories of the Warp Tour. Uh, the year Sublime played, right. the first year I was there, absolutely one of the worst bands i ever seen. <laughs> like, Bradley was passed out on stage. I understand well, what Heron the will do that was. To you. His dog just kept shitting on the stage. Yeah, and nah. then, like, the people, the stage crew were not happy about that. Uh, that that was something I really remember. I remember the second year in Action Park, 
uh, Fishbone was playing, and they were playing at the same time as Shelter, and I was really annoyed because I wanted to see Shelter and I wanted to see Fishbone, but I'd never seen Fishbone before. The cloud storm, again, storm clouds all over the place. Angela Moore yells out, the pool is now open, and goes to swim, <laughs> throws his fugle, flugelhorn in the air, flugelhorn. backflips, catches it, the sky erupts, pouring rain. They do their entire set in a deluge. Uh, I run to shelter, literally. Smart. See shelter under a tent, because... Uh, oh, oh, actually, the band Shelter. Yeah, the band Shelter. <laughs> the band Shelter. And, um, and, and it was amazing. And then I just remember coming out of Shelter and seeing Greg Gethard and everyone else covered, caked in mud. Yeah. It was like 99 Warp Tour type mud. It was disgusting. What's your favorite memory of the Warp Tour, Josh? You know, I was thinking about this earlier, and I've got a, I've got a couple. Um, seeing the gallows at the Warp Tour was just amazing. It's when Frank Carter was still the singer and Frank Carter did not spend a single second on stage. The entire time he was in the audience on the ground, which was just a parking lot. And it I thought I might get hurt and it was just amazing. He like just was electric, that band. Um, I still remember it. A couple other things that I remember was being offered cocaine by Seven Dust. That was fun. And uh, right. I said no. I you know I listened to Nancy Reagan, but one of the, <laughs> the I didn't go year one, but I did go year two, and that was a year that the first year Pennywise played, and that was also the year that um, uh, uh, the bass player Jason Matthew Thurst Jason Thurst uh, killed himself. And Pennywise was scheduled to play. They were on tour at that time. Jason wasn't playing with them. He was back home because he was going through his issues. He kills himself. Pennywise, they leave. They go back home. They go home. They bury their friend. They come back. And the 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 day they come back was the Asbury Park Warp Tour. Oh, shit. And they came on stage and just played this ridiculously emotional, blistering set that was... George was saying how they every band had 30 minutes. Pennywise got as much time as they needed that day. But and I think you're forgetting a big piece of this. We were set to interview them. And they continued the interview. I don't Were remember. you in the bus with me? Oh, shit. I, interviewed I don't think Pennywise, I was, no. And I believe I decided to be big shot journalists and start asking lots of questions. And it made for one of the worst interviews I've ever done. Well, it couldn't be worse than when I interviewed Brutus the Barber Beefcake. So... That was pretty awful. But yeah. this, no, no, this was worse. This was way worse. Because I was like, well, I going to ask him. I heard Jason died. Oh, George. Yeah, that Ooh. was... that was. It's kind of like asking a guy in the military, have you ever killed anybody? I mean, <laughs> what the hell? I, I want to say a Josh story really quickly. Right. There was a uh, uh, blush. Um, the head of security at the Warp Tour was a black Josh. He looked like Josh, but he was black. This guy's my nemesis. I forgot about him. He's a... And he hated photographers he hated when we were up there and he would just treat us like garbage and every time josh either stayed a little too long in the photo pit or just didn't move out of the way this guy would just pounce on him and he would remember him year after year after year for years oh, so he was actually an arch nemesis like, yeah it was, yes. it was it was it was the worst thing ever it was it was it was pretty amazing well, every hero's rogue gallery has to start somewhere and for you it was the warp it tour. was like the warp tour so was that the first time they ever played bro him no, 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 no. Since but the first album, but that version of Brohim when he said, "Today, everyone out there is my brother." 
all of you get up here. That's what I'm talking about. It was, it was I mean, you, I mean, you saw them singing with, with tears streaming down their face. Yeah. It, it was really, uh, it, it was pretty special. I'm not going to top that. <laughs> Action Park, second year. Right. That you would buy one ticket. It was like a, it was, first of all, the Warpore was notorious for having really affordable tickets. It was only right. like 25 to 30 bucks. That's like, why it, they never made money on exactly. tickets. Exactly. Um, but it, it was wonderful for fans. Uh, the Action Park ticket got you a ticket into Action Park. Oh. And this was the second year, so the t- the show had maybe 16 to 20 bands. So they didn't start until later in the day because they wanted you to use your ticket too. So we show up in the morning and spent the entire day in Action Park. Now, this is not Mountain Creek, got mind No, me. no, this is Action Park. This may have been the last year of Action Park. Traction oh. Park. Traction Park, yeah. Me and Greg Shut. Ethard spent the whole... Me, Greg, maybe Fran was there. We spent the entire day... Going on rides, but the bands got tickets to go on the rides too. That's so awesome. We saw Fat Mike like in full snorkel gear, like on the swing, on the Tarzan swing. Uh, Greg was on like the 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 the, the spinning uh, water slide with Fishbone. It was one of the most surreal things, and I wish I had photographed. I was too shy to photograph like candid stuff, like more TMZ style stuff. I would have killed to have been able to f- photograph the bands while they were enjoying the park. Right. Um, another big thing I remember was uh, Blink-182 playing the Stone Pony Landing before... Like th- The big thing about the Warp Tour is a lot of bands broke big while on it. Right. Kid Rock, Sugar Ray played the second stage while they had a hit single. Uh, the notorious one was Alien Ant Farm who got thrown off because they demanded like bullshit while they were there and everybody <laughs> was like... Where are they now? Yeah, no, you don't... You don't yeah, go home, bye. Yeah. Uh, but Blink-Way 2, they didn't ask for anything. They just became gigantic while on the tour. Right. And I'll never forget, Asbury Park had the most makeshift security fence set up. Oh, yeah. And it, I don't know if, were you, if you were probably there, Josh, but like everyone climbed on this chain link fence that yep. collapsed on top of people. And security was there holding the fence it, up as people were collapsing over it. That sucks. I, it, I know a lot of times we'll say something was, oh my God, it was, it was kind of like a riot. This is the closest thing that I saw that I actually felt in danger being around that crowd. Yeah. Because, like something bad was going to happen. Yeah, that's tough. And it wasn't even like people weren't like violent. No, 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 no. So but all order had just disappeared. All order. Absolutely gone out the window. Uh, the final thing I will say that I remember was um, uh, there was this like, how do I say this without being mean? And I think Josh may have been there, but I wasn't sure. I'm not okay, sure. Pause. So ask yourself this. Do you feel like if you say it, it'd be like being mean to Hambone? Yeah, but I have no problem with that. So it's perfectly fine. Okay. okay, okay As so you are. I'm in the photo pit. I'm shooting. This is the worst thing that happened to me ever while I was shooting a band. This this little like heavy set Asian girl was next to me, and she was like, oh, she was just one of those people. Like today, it's like if you had a little cam- your camera phone and you were trying and you had a photo pass. It was like, why are you here? When the Warp Tour, when the crowd would surge at the Warp Tour and come over the top, and this is pretty much for any punk rock show, you were kind of in danger as a photographer. Oh yeah, it was it was brutal for photographers during that era. And the security wasn't much better because they wouldn't catch people before they land on your head. You can't even protect yourself because it's coming from behind. Oh, I saw so many photographers get kicked in the back of the head. She got kicked in the back of the head. Uh. She was the same height as the portable stage. Oh, no. Her head cracked against this, the corner ledge of the stage. Oh, that's not nice. She turned out over to me and she goes, huh? And her flap of her forehead flipped, flipped over, flipped over, and blood just started oozing. 
And uh, I didn't, she hasn't paid for warped her since. I don't. I don't know what happened since. I just was like, ah, uh, security. I didn't know what they. They think they were pissed because the three songs were over. They're trying to push her out <laughs> because Warp Tour and yeah. the Peacekeepers. God, remember them? Oh yeah. Um. So anyway, I read the interview on Billboard. It looks like Kevin Lyman's uh, calling it quits after all these years because. Uh, the demographic they're not meeting the demographic they've lost nope. the 17 and 19 or 14 19 they lost the youth demographic and he's blaming it on youth generation Z whatever just not going to festivals right I don't know what the pricing is I assume it's still pretty affordable uh, but they're just like kids don't get out to go to festivals anymore yeah no I, I'd argue a little bit that it might also could be because there isn't really much punk rock anymore, but I still think it's some of that hardcore crap that they play on NXT. Well, you know what is man, what punk rock yeah, is. Yeah, I guess that's what punk rock is. Say, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that people consume media differently now. Now there's a lot more options. Like I, I can't imagine how many people actually watch the live feed of Riot Fest instead of just going to Riot Fest. You know, like and. When it comes down to it, it's a lot more special when, like, say something like Riot Fest, like, oh, this is this is two days. It's two weekends. You only have, you only have four days to see this. Otherwise, it's not going to come to your town. You have to come to us. Uh, so people consume things differently now. I mean, I, I played the Skate and Surf Fest, uh, original Skate and Surf Fest. I played uh, Bamboozle uh, on the West Coast. And... That was kind of like, all right, so this is a very special event. It's only happening over weekends. So they were selling the shit out of tickets for those things because people wanted to be there. But I'd argue that business model is doomed to fail, too. Because this Oh, yeah. I mean, that, the, that folded up as well, but that's, it, it that's folded, where the demographic went. It folded went. because the guy who was doing Surf and Skate had something really good, which was like he recreated what the Warp Tour was. Exactly. And turned it into a one-day fest at the Asbury Park. Then he got big and bloated, and he's fucking moving it to uh, the Meadowlands and having Bon Jovi and Kanye West performing. Yeah, that killed it. And that's what I'm... A suit. Look! Look! It's going to happen to Riot Fest. I see it happening right now. Nine, yeah. Nine Inch Nails and New Order played a punk rock fest this year, and when we went back in 2012, whenever it was, it was strictly like Weston and X, and the biggest band was the Descendants. And I'm not saying they should never stick to what it. Like I don't think people things should change, but it's not like they're finding new acts. They're finding New Order and Danzig and Nine Inch Nails. Yeah, going back to the well. Now speaking of Weston, my Warped Tour story. Uh, I was working for AM Records as an intern at the time, and I, I stumbled upon this one drawer, and there's all these tickets in there. And I was like, what are these? And they said, oh, they're, they're comp- concert tickets to our bands because they play certain things. And there was a stack of them to the Warp Tour. And I said, Carolyn, I can have? And she's like, yeah, take as many as you want. I don't give a shit. So I was able to take all my friends to the Warp Tour for free on AM Records. That's amazing. Now, I got a call a day before from Dave Weston, and he said, hey, man. Uh, you going to the Warp Tour? I want to go see some of my friends. You mind if I ride down with you? So I gave Dave Weston a ride down to the Warp Tour. He rode down with me and my friends in my 1988 Toyota Camry. And when we got there, we I went to Will Call with him, and he slaps a backstage uh, pass on me. He's like, all right, come on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to introduce you to some people. So my friend's like, can we come? And he's like, no, nah, man, I, I only got like these two passes. And I was like, hey, guys, I got you to the Warp Tour for free. I'm going with him. And that day was, you know, I mean, I was seriously playing in bands. I was... I, I really always wanted to go on tour, but going backstage at the Warp Tour when I was like 17, almost 18, walking around and he's introducing me to everybody and they're all having fun because they're having barbecues, they're playing cards, they're drinking beers. Like, I'm like, this is this is the life I want. I want to be able to go and hang out with my friends all the time and play rock and roll for a half hour and then go eat barbecue. 
So that was a, a very, very big moment in my life. I also remember we got stopped. We could go all day on the Warp Tour. Right. I, I, I remember uh, interviewing Davey Havoc in the middle of a field in his worst goth, goth phase. He was in all black with a black parasol. Ooh. <laughs> I remember yeah, sweating. And it was, were you there for this, Josh? Yeah. It was the yeah. worst, another horrible interview where he just was like too cool for school and I'm sure regrets that phase completely. Well, I mean, Listen, covering up all his tattoos. We, we so. all have our our bad phases. And then there was apparently there, mine was skinny jeans up I, until like I, yesterday. And so again, I, yeah, I regret so much not photographing all these things. Like we saw, we were backstage Stone Pony, and we saw Tim uh, fixing uh, his then fixing wife, Brody's mohawk. Bro- Brody's mohawk, like it was so like cute. It, it was, was very just, romantic. Like, little moment where he was like tweaking her mohawk. If he only knew. So that's that's the warp tour. They're doing one last year this year. Twenty eighteen will be their last year. Uh, and I'm they're looking to do a greatest hit. So I might actually go to they, my the first dates are already out. They got a Camden and a Homedale date. So I'm I'm looking at that. Yeah, we'll see what what bands are on there. I think it, I think it should be interesting. So yeah. there's a chance we might go do it. Cool. You know, uh, George, I, I gotta say, you guys were you were talking about why it's folding and why it wasn't successful and. There's no punk rock festivals or anything like that anymore. And I, and I kind of disagree. What I think is that kids, they're simply not listening to punk rock as a rebellious type of music. That's fair. When teenagers are listening to a music as a form of rebellion, they're listening to electronic. And that's why you have a lot of EDM festivals that are really popular. Mm-hmm. So I just think the, the... Could be true. I think it's just shifted. I think punk rock... I mean. I mean, listen, I like to think that I'm 17. I'll be 40 in March. And what the music that 40-year-olds are listening to is not what teenagers want to want to listen to when they want to feel rebellious. Yeah, but my argument back would be that, that, and he says in an interview today, he's tried really hard like with the Pierce the Veils and bands like that to keep the, Terrible band, name for the, a band. the punk rock bands that are relevant today for that age. I think you're right. It might be a genre shift, not a... That's what I think it is. Yeah. Because I definitely think there's still punk rock. And even though we might not be listening to it, it's out there. I think it's just not It's not attracting the audience that they think it might be. Right. Uh, so that is the Warp Tour. We just Warped got tour wrapped a up. half hour on the Warp Tour. So we're going to switch really quickly to the Star Wars vs. Marvel. We can keep this fairly short because I think we all have our own opinions on this. Don, we haven't heard from you. John, are you sleeping? Are you still there? Are you listening to Prague? Yeah, I just managed to get like one or two quick songs in. (laughs) (laughs) Well played. Don, what what are your thoughts? What what do you think is a bigger franchise, Star Wars or Marvel? You know what? It's it's tough because I don't don't feel like it's 100% a fair comparison because there are eight Star Wars movies right now, you know, nine, you know, with the ninth movie coming soon, you know, including Rogue One. And there's what, 16, 17 MCU movies that's right you, now. And that's if you not don't include the Fox stuff and the Sony stuff. Plus, yeah, plus, yeah, plus four or five different shows on Netflix, plus Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., plus The Gifted, plus, plus, plus. I feel like just, I mean, in terms of raw numbers, I'm sure Marvel has brought in way more to Disney than uh, than Star Wars did for for Lucasfilm and Disney, but I feel like Star Wars is a bigger part of like the the, the cultural fabric. I I agree a hundred percent. You pretty much walked through all my notes, but the thing with Star Wars was we I think we all forget that Star Wars was also pretty much dead 
before the prequels for like 10 years and then after the prequels for like 10 years. And then other than action figures, there wasn't a ton going for it. On the other hand, Marvel was also almost bankrupt. Several times. In the Well, no. In, I think they were about to go chapter 11 in the early 2000s. See, Star Wars has never, done, never stopped doing big business, though. Because even with the action figures, the Dark Horse comics line, other merchandise, like Star Wars, even though there was only three movies up until the prequels, um, they've always been doing big business. They've always been making money hand over fist so that's why and and star wars is more of an absolute cultural phenomenon that's why i would say star wars is the bigger franchise and marvel comics are worthless these days like the actual comic books so it really is the marvel universe that's making all the bank for disney which marvel acknowledges which is why the movies are now dictating characters in the comics which really is not helping me want to read them at all I think Don hit a good point about cultural relevance, too. I think my mom would know who Chewbacca is. Of course, everyone's mom knows who Chewbacca is. No, she doesn't know who Star-Lord and Groot was in those photos. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, everyone's mom knows what a Stormtrooper is. Yeah, because everybody's mom, especially, you know, for, you know, kids of our age group, all those moms were buying the action figures for us. And, and also, you go to, I guarantee you go to any country in the world, and you've got an R2-D2 t-shirt, you've got a t-shirt with Darth Vader on it. People know it. Like, it's, it's, it's transcended every, every language, every, every continent all around the world. Like, Star Wars is clearly the bigger franchise. Well, Star Wars, I mean, it's, it, it just has this advantage of being 40 years old. And st- when Star Wars came out, it was a worldwide cultural phenomenon that... Today is common, but back then never happened. Right, but on the flip of that, Marvel's actually been around a lot longer, uh, with mm-hmm. with their most iconic characters being around since the the late sixties. Right, but the excitement for Spider Man and Captain America was never the excitement never. for Luke Skywalker and Chewbacca. Absolutely. So because, what, what because is, it was a singular moment of Star Wars coming out. Yeah. What did Allison say? What was her stance? Her argument, she believed it was Star Wars. I felt it was Marvel. Because she's a smart woman. No, it's Star Wars. Star Wars, hands down. Because in 30 years, I don't think many people are going to be talking about a lot of the Marvel movies. They'll be talking about some, but they're not going to be talking about the overall Marvel universe. But Star Wars is, is part of the zeitgeist, to use a really fancy word that I don't know if I'm using it correctly. Big word. No, you're using it right, because I was thinking the same word. I was not thinking zeitgeist. I was thinking uh, real numbers. And in all actuality, Don hit the nail on the on the head. When you're putting out three to four movies a year, and they're all making ridiculous bank, you are the biggest franchise. $5.1 billion for Marvel versus 3.4 for Star Wars. And they are the one and two biggest franchises in the world. Right, but that being said, Star Wars has been more consistent through the years with making money, and they're still making money on off also. So I would say Marvel is big, maybe a little bit bigger in the box office because they are putting out more quantity. But if you average Star that Wars out, one movie. if you average all that that money out among all the Marvel properties in the Marvel universe, and you average the Star Wars money out among the Star Wars universe, Star Wars is going to come out. There's nine movies. As opposed to how many Marvel movies? No, you're right. But bigger franchise, and there's a lot more characters. Now, I think Star Wars is trying to do that right now. Right. I think they're trying, you know, with the the Rogue Ones and the Han Solo movie. I think they finally realized they have a universe. Oh, and yeah. And they fucked it up for like 
30 years 30 or years easily like where they had this this huge i mean it's like what we're talking about with avatar right like, avatar is a shit movie it's a garbage movie and but they want to turn it into something like a star wars and it's like well you need more movies well how many years ago did avatar come out oh quite a bit now it's still about the number eight. one move biggest movie ever made how about long? eight years ago about eight years ago. so so it took them eight years to get off their ass to try to make a sequel to one the eighth biggest movie of all time the number one biggest movie of all time. Yeah, oh, the biggest, movie, the of biggest yeah. movie of all time. So it took them eight years to get off their asses to make a sequel to the number one biggest movie of all time. Like that's the problem. It's the leaving money on the table. They are allergic to money, and I think that's where that's where Star Wars failed for all those years. Is right. that they should have been doing things to help bolster it. Now I understand things like expense, interest in sci-fi, things like that. It was. I don't think it was even that. It was Lucas just didn't want to do it. So Hambo, what's the number? Lucas three? didn't have to do it. Because Star I think Wars is the biggest in the world. Yeah. But that that's the thing. Like Disney now, as owner of those properties, is beholden to their shareholders. George Lucas is just beholden to himself. And if he didn't feel like doing right. another Star Wars uh, movie. Okay. There, and or, based on the track record, I'd much rather have Disney beholden to shareholders than George Lucas beholden to himself. Goldfarb oh, for the win. No, I mean, the quality of the Star Wars movies since Disney bought Lucasfilm has been much higher than, you know, the last three. I mean, I, I, I liked episode three, which, I mean, that's, you know, it's my favorite of the prequels, which is kind of damning it with faint praise. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think we all agree with that. Force Weekends and, and Rogue One far surpass it. Far, incredibly, incredibly. I mean, Absolutely. I would, I would say the 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 last, not Rogue Squad, the one before. Um, Force Awakens. Force Awakens is my favorite Star Wars movie ever. I think I've made it very abundantly clear. I, I think I like uh, of the two most recent. I liked uh, Rogue One better. Rogue One is a great movie, but it I just... really liked Rogue One, and I enjoyed yeah. Force Awakens a lot when I first saw it. But after seeing it a second time and letting it simmer, um, that some of that shine went away. See, I, I don't know, man. I, I agree with George. Force Awakens. No, is, I'm, I'm with uh, awesome. I'm with Josh on this one. We're gonna we're gonna Split settle room. this on another episode when we get closer to the Star Wars re-release. Yes, I'm Absolutely. sure we're gonna all come to an agreement. Yeah, th- yeah, we will. By then, we will. Yeah, I'll be the new one. It'll be a new one. Yeah, and let absolutely. me just put it out there: it was amazing that Mark Hamill, and I wish it was while I was there, showed up today at Star Tours during someone's Star Tours at Disneyland. Yeah, of course he did. Like he just—they're like, we have a special passenger today, and he just showed up, and people are screaming, going nuts. But the best is the one dude with the sunglasses on his head. Like, yep. Well, someone's always got to no sell it. No idea who this guy. Someone is, has always got to no sell it. Um, so we're gonna leave it at that. I, I again, for money, pound per pound, they're the biggest. Franchise. What's the third biggest franchise? Hambone. Third biggest franchise. Ooh, ooh, ooh. No, no, no. Uh, Hambone's got to get on. only Hambone should be allowed to answer this. If on. he fails, then you got it, Don. X Men. That would be Marvel or Fox, and not even close. Don, what is the answer? It's the Harry Potter franchise. Boom. Fuck, how did I miss that? Yep, yep, yep. You failed. You're the worst kermafuffle ever. I, I, first off, first off, stop. Slow your roll. I'm a Hufflepuff. Fuck, fuff. Ravenclaws are the smart ones. You're the fucking fuff. You're you're, you're, you're a fucking fuff. You're a fucking I'm, fuff. You're a fuff you. Hey, Alright, so... You just called George a fluffer? <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. So, uh, quick rant... Go for Before it. we go into Ric Flair, this is going to be a long fucking episode. Cool, um, man. The more people we have on this show, the longer these episodes run is the problem. Quick rant. I am getting sick and tired. I didn't know Ron Tomatoes did this, but this bullshit where you can pay to cover your review. It, it, they, it fucked up. They leaked it. It's 48%. Justice no, League is 48%. I know, I know but the fact that they, Bad Moms 2 is when I first saw it. Like, I went on to... Like, 
So guys, I'll, I think it was you were here. I think it was you, Josh. You both sold me on Bad Moms. Bad it was Moms, a good movie. A good movie. I watched it. It wasn't bad. It was the jokes that hit hit right. Like I was okay with it. But um, uh, so I was curious to see the new. I wouldn't go to the movies, and it was moronic to launch the same weekend as Thor, even though different audience women would go see Thor. So it's like, uh, have you stupid. seen the Hemsworth shirtless? Uh, so it would only be people who don't like. Marvel movies at all wouldn't see it, and right. that's like the five the, women who don't want to see Chris Hemsworth without a shirt on. Yeah, and so it bombed, and but I went on Rotten Tomatoes to see what review it got, and it said, you know, review hidden unless you like to jump through a few hoops, and then I realized, oh, that's because they have every banner on the page for Bad Moms, right? So they're paying to hide the Rotten Tomatoes review. Well, the thing that happened today was I Warner, know. Warner Go Brothers. Go ahead. Warner Brothers owns a major share of Rotten Tomatoes. So they actually put the kibosh on releasing the reviews early for fear that if people saw the reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, it was going to hurt their premiere. But it came out on the Flickster app. But it came out on the Flickster app that it was 48%. It's a shit movie. And, uh, and I'm going to see it Friday, by the way. Yeah, by the way, I would like to say that, that I know friends don't let friends see shit DC movies. Tim is really excited about it, so I'm going to go with Tim. Tim is the future godfather of my child, and I still think he's a moron for going to see this movie. Pause. Have you told him he's the future godfather of your child? Yeah, that was like weeks ago. Okay, no, good, because I, I don't know if it you actually... It would have been amazing if, if this is how he found out. If he's out. like driving in his car, he's like, oh my god, he starts crying, gets into an accident. It'd be fucking terrible. I'm just... You know, <laughs> you, I just maybe he no sells it. I, I just don't understand. I, I, I don't think Tim would no sell it. He's got a big heart. You saw Bat, but you saw Batman for Superman in the movies. Because too. I, I go with Tim. Me and Tim go to see superhero movies, and that's that's what we do. Like, and he works in Clifton now, so we go to the Clifton Commons. It's nice. You could take that twenty bucks and just give it to me. No, I know. To I, Josh, he's a teacher. I could use he's the money. Have no money soon, yeah. man. You know, this like this they have is, to pay for their own fucking rulers, and that is terrible. I, that is horrible. I have bought my own rulers. That is yeah. terrible. I mean. For, it's a good rule. For the record, I work for Verizon and make stupid money, and I buy all my own highlighters because I can't go through. I'm just not in the mood to go through Verizon. Well, that's fine because everyone should have a good I set of highlighters. I think everyone should buy their own good set of highlighters. I think that should be on you. But- anyway, I think that people should go to see movies <laughs> based on if they want to go to see movies or not. Oh, not on. the meta score, the critic score. Like, just go to see the fuck. Go to see a movie if you want to go see a fucking movie. And if it's terrible, it's terrible. Do I think it's going to be terrible going into it? I don't have a lot of hope. <laughs> How do you have any hope for that? It no, I, I have zero. Really hope. bad. Well, it, it not only looks really bad; they can't even cut together a full trailer. No. They just they just show them like saying one quick line a piece, and then the Flash says something stupid. And the Flash says something stupid. They play a song and they go justice. I, I mean, I, when I saw the preview, the league. I, I, I was thinking to myself, okay, Aquaman's gonna be horrible. Oh yeah. And then when I saw Aquaman in the trailer. I thought to myself, that's worse than I thought it was going to be. I will tell you this. I know so many women and men who want to fuck Jason Momoa. I think he's going to be so bad as Aquaman, he becomes unfuckable. He's going to be horrible because it's going to be so bad. It's a boring character to begin with. He alone, I think, is the single reason why women love Roman Reigns because they kind of look alike. Well, yeah, exactly. And you know what Roman Reigns doesn't do a lot of now? Talk. And exactly, that's why he's getting over. Don, do you have anything to say... About the DC movies? I don't yeah, know. Anything. I, I know Justice League is going to be horrible. I'm probably going to go see it anyway because my wife really liked Wonder Woman. And Wonder Woman was pretty good. She's fantastic. It's Wonder probably Woman. the best of the recent DC movies. It, it was the best. It's the only good one they've made. Yeah. And I, the thing is, she looks terrible in the previews, too. Like, her lines are pretty awful. 
Anyway, that's putting out there. We'll have you give a full review next week, Hambone. I will not be seeing it. I will have seen Thor this Saturday, so I can give my little thoughts about it. It's fantastic. I've heard from everybody. We finally have our 20th anniversary this Saturday, so I can't wait to actually get a house. What are you guys doing for 20th anniversary? We are probably going to go to that really nice place in Montclair, Laurel and Sage. Laurel and Sage? Uh, Laurel and Sage. It is delicious. One of the best restaurants I've ever been to. Awesome. And uh, then go see Thor. Fantastic. And come back and probably see NXT TakeOver. Cool, cool. Um, so on that note, uh, wrestling. Uh, Ric Flair 30 for 30. Josh, have you seen it? I have not seen it yet. So we'll let Don talk then. There so you go. Good. Don, go ahead. Um, Don, you've seen it? I have seen it. Don, what are I your thoughts the- on Ric Flair 30 for 30? You know what? It really just kind of cements what we all already know about Ric Flair, that he is a fantastic character and really kind of a horrible person. <laughs> yeah. But by the but but at the end of it, you still just feel so sorry for him because, you know, especially because how deep he goes into what happened when when his son Reed died uh, of the overdose. And just like even just, you know, Triple H saying, like, listen, we found this in his drug test. We're going to give him another chance just so you know and the kids still can't clean them up you just know just how heartbreaking the, the the whole ordeal must have been for rick and how good did triple h come across in that where he's like listen rick flair is a consummate liar like this is this is this is you, you know what you get when you get in with rick flair like triple h came out looking great uh, so what i've heard is people who are not wrestling fans thought this was one of the best 30 for 30s ever i do not know a single man that I've talked to who did not cry at least a little bit or tear up watching the 30 for 30 Ric Flair. I, I find that rest... Oh, especially when they played the 911 call. Oh, that oh was, forget it. That was forget rough. it. What, what I find is wrestling fans like us are, are a little more jaded in the fact that we've seen like the really good WWE documentaries. Absolutely. Um, so we've seen solid documentaries on this where they've shown more of why he's great you know they focus a lot on what was wrong with him in this documentary the thing was uh, it wasn't a good redemption story because i feel they should have put a pause on the movie when they what happened happened you know he went into gun he right every part of his body shut down well the movie's in the can at that point medically i understand it was in the can i would have taken a long deep breath Said so we need to push it for a month, right? And add the third act, yeah. Because there is a redemption story here where he has had the worst. I mean, he survived death, yeah. And he survived death because the third time, yeah. While he drank uh, ten beers and five mixed drinks a night, and uh, you know, led a horrible. He also worked his ass off and had some of the best physique and and lifestyle on the other end too. That kind of balanced right. it out a bit. I felt this movie kind of. He never looked good by the end of the movie. No, no. He looked I, like he's still like, oh, well, my now son's dead from overdosing, and I'm still drinking and partying every night. You know, but I, that being said, I, I felt like that was, you know, granted, I, I agree with you that they should have. I, I was thinking that they were going to give him the third act in there. However, you know, in the thirty for thirties, they're kind of just giving you the real look. They're they're showing you like, hey, you know what? In the end of the day, he was a terrible father. He was an absolute. And when he was like, you know what? I should have. You know, my, my one regret is I should have been his dad and not his friend. Um, you know, like we as wrestling fans, we know the third act. We know how it turns out. And I think that the world, because because of who he is, kind of is aware of the third act. I don't really know that we needed to see it. You know, we we kind of saw them break down Ric Flair. So you really, you really understood that he doesn't know where Ric Flair ends and Richard Flair begins. 
I need to put the drop on here. My favorite quote from him that I'd never heard before was the line, I am your God. Ooh. If you want something to believe in, believe in me. Holy That's shit. That's a good line. That was a line I'd actually never... That alone never, makes me want to watch that I tonight. I never heard that line before. It's the best hour and a half. Like, it's as good as any 30... It's... I'd say next to the OJ 30 for 30 was it what wasn't really been an OJ it was like the story of L, racism in LA. Right. That uh, wasn't even a 30 for 30 though. That it, that was so different I even know. though I had that branding. It it doesn't count. But this move this is probably the best straightforward one. Uh absolutely one of the best documentaries I've seen. Again, I just it's sad because it really does not paint the wrestling industry in a good light. Does not paint Ric Flair in a good light and and it was, you know, it's it's a down movie. You know, now, that being said, I I don't think it needs to paint the wrestling industry in a good light because the the WWE does enough whitewashing of their history and 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 oh no, but you know the Ultimate Warrior, he said a bunch of like racist and homophobic stuff, but you know it's in the spirit of the Warrior, the idea of the, like I, I, no, I just, he he yeah. was he was a, a racist I, bigot and and understatement and, of the year. And George, you're talking about how there there's no third act redemption. Maybe that's because. And this is coming from somebody who hasn't seen it. Maybe he doesn't have that redemption because he hasn't had it. Because from everything that I've read about it and interviews and, and, and all these things, it really seems like Ric Flair, the character, and saying going along with what you're right. saying, Hambone, Ric Flair, the character, and Richard Flair are really very similar versions of the same character. And maybe he doesn't have redemption because he doesn't have a redemption. Well, because he, he's uh, a serial I, sexual assaulter. Don, go. You know, yeah, I, I, I disagree with that. I don't think it's that there's no difference between Ric Flair and Richard Flair. I think Rick. I think Richard Flair never learned to like Richard Flair, so he's just always going to be Ric Flair. Okay. Oh yeah. I mean, there's so much, so much self hatred there. And, and Josh, what I'm saying is, it, I'm referring to the fact that now he has said publicly that he's done with alcohol, he's rehabilitating his life, like, okay. he's, okay. he's hit the bottom, so you, and he's no, coming like, back out. Recently. There's no post There is a weird, you. there's a weird, like, mid-commercial break interview with the director to talk about what happened between the second to the last commercial break. It's out of place. It should have been the epilogue. It at should the have been the epilogue. Least. Yeah, that I agree with. Agreed. It was just weird. I just would have liked a little bit more of that. In general, I, I, semantics here. It's an amazing documentary. Absolutely go see it. If you haven't yet, make time. It doesn't matter if you're a wrestling fan or not. It's Bring the tissues. Yeah, it, it, it's rough. It, it's good. And it's it's very well produced. I mean, if, if I could jump ahead to when we're talking about wrestling, right? SmackDown this week. I thought the nice little... You watched SmackDown this week, I right? saw SmackDown. Uh, I thought the nice little... The little cherry on top was Charlotte getting her title back and Rick coming out. Yeah. That was kind of like, okay, so you knew what you were not going to get in the 30 for 30. You kind of got like, okay. That would have been the best final shot of the 30 for 30. I, I agree. I agree. But I feel like I got it like uh, a week later. Yeah. He looked terrible, though. I mean, but I'm, I okay. know. It just looked like he was 90 and like well, it looked bad. He he had a good run until his body gave out on him. And yeah. he, he put the miles, you know... uh, you know, it's not the years, it's the miles. Indiana Jones. It's the same thing with Ric Flair. So let's move on to wrestling. Let's do Survivor Series. Let's Woo! do our thoughts. I, I want it to be known that this year's Survivor Series, hands down, best card on paper I think I've ever seen. And it keeps WWE. getting better every day. Every day. They're rewriting the script every single day. Unbelievable. Um, Don, what are your thoughts? 
Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I I was not originally looking forward to it because I was sitting there thinking to myself, okay, so you're gonna have, uh, you know, Brock Lesnar versus Jinder Mahal, and that's gonna suck. And then I was a little concerned about who was in, you know, the uh, in the Raw versus SmackDown five on five Survivor Series match, the the men's match, and then they 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 pull it off where AJ Styles beats Jinder Mahal for the WWE title, so now he's gonna fight Brock, which is a match we've never seen before. Uh, they, they've really beefed up the the lineup on uh, on the raw side, certainly for the the men's five on five. I, I had no interest at all in seeing Alexa Bliss versus Natalia. Whoa! Flip the title. Flip on, the title on and, SmackDown. And Charlotte versus Alexa Bliss. Like this is a dream match that people have wanted to see since the shakeup. Yeah, and that, even, that even match. The, I I can't wait. That's one of the ones I'm really looking forward to the most. Yeah. and let's not even bury the, the lead. Here. Even the tag matches. I was not really that interested in seeing the Shield versus the Usos. Then they flip it around and now it's the Shield versus the New Day, and that that has my attention. Uh, and just so Josh, who probably doesn't watch it week week to week, is aware where in the last two weeks. AJ Styles won the heavyweight championship. Charlotte's won the SmackDown Women's title. Uh, the Usos won the. Did they win? No, they already had it at the thing. Uh, the the bar. Cesaro and Sheamus won the titles from the Shield. Like they flipped everything to make this super card. What they when did I it saw, all on TV. And they did it all on TV. That's awesome. When when I saw the card uh, today, um, before before I came over, I was looking at some like AJ Styles versus Brock Lesnar. I missed something really important. Yeah. And and Brock Lesnar when he wrestles, I don't I don't care. It doesn't matter who he's against. I always just get bored because he's boring to watch. But AJ Styles if they th- give- this athletic fast person against Brock Lesnar, I, I really think will be much more dynamic than any Brock Lesnar match has any reason. Yeah, there's to be. there's a lot of potential for this to be a very different kind of Brock Lesnar match right. because of because of AJ's, you know, athleticism, like you said. And I, at the very least, you know he is going to bump his ass off. <sighs> oh yeah. Oh, he'll take it. I also love the fact that they've started they've been building this pay-per-view for ex- from exactly 1 month out. They've been doing these stupid invasion things, but it's actually been interesting. And so for week after week after week, we've been watching really good raws and smackdowns. I've been building towards one major uh, pay-per-view where there's been time to breathe. Like we haven't had a pay-per-view in an actual month and a week or so. So the buildups there, the buildups been good, and it's it's again on paper this could be one of the best pay per views ever. So let's talk about the writing for a second here, because you know most of the time whenever they write these storylines, a lot of the fans are sitting there going, "Who writes this shit? Like why why is this a thing?" And you just have to trust that the writers are going to get to you to where they need to get you eventually. So the Jason Jordan Kurt Angle thing has been going over like a fart in church. Horrible. Like I. Uh, unbelievably bad acted terrible zero fucking charisma and then all of a sudden this week you're like oh he's going to be on the survivor series team and you're like are you fucking kidding me and maybe they're trying to build it up to a heel turn but now i'm suddenly interested because triple h gets off the bench and goes no i'm i'm going to pedigree this son of a bitch right you're this is your son pedigree i'm on the survivor series team now like what the hell happened yeah, I, I'm very excited. Let's go through the card really quickly. Let's give our predictions. Um, let's start with uh, the Shield versus New Day. Don, I think the Shield goes on this one. Gets this one. Shield's going over. Shield. 
I gotta go with the Shield. This is I, well. I don't know. They did have their first. This should have been their first match. I don't like that they made that weird match that was on the show this week, even though it was good, and they won that one. But I still go with the Shield because yeah, people have been waiting for this, and the, they got w- sidelined by the whole meningitis or tuberculosis or typhoid flu, whatever it was. Enzo Amore versus Callisto for the cruiserweight championship. Don, I really hope it's Callisto, but I think it's going to be Enzo. Enzo. I like Enzo. I sorry, but yeah. Hey, we're all in agreement. Say, I think Enzo too. I just Enzo's been pretty solid on the mic. I'm okay with it. Uh, let's do the um, let's do women Raw Women's Champion Alexa Bliss versus Charlotte. I think uh, I think Charlotte's gonna win it. These are all non-title, which is good because you don't really. That's the other thing. Everything's non-title, Absolutely. so it could really go any way on this stuff. I think Charlotte. Him, uh, Don. I uh, I think Charlotte. I think uh, I think Nia cost Alexa the match. Yeah, that could work. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the exact same thought. I'm gonna go with Charlotte, especially with everything with Ric Flair and the thirty for thirty. The press is there, the attention's there, um, and Alexa hasn't lost in a, a bit. So Charlotte, Intercontinental Championship, Matt. Uh, sorry, the Miz who has the IC belt versus Baron Corbin who has the US belt, non-title. Don, I think this is gonna be the Miz. I think it's going to be The Miz. Baron Corbin. I'm going to go Baron Corbin, too. I think The Miz... I think Baron Corbin needs a rub to be relevant at all. And The Miz is going to be huge regardless. I agree. So I think I'm going to go with Baron Corbin on this one. Um, Team Raw... Let's see. Let's do Raw Tag Champions. Cesaro and Sheamus the Bar versus The Usos. This match is going to be the match of the night. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is going to be insane. Don... It's tough because uh, I really do want to root for the bar here, but I think it's the Usos. Usos, Josh, the bar. I I put the Usos, but this one could really go either way. Can uh, I just say how good the Usos have been this year? They've oh, been the, amazing. Ever Boy, since the heel turn, they have been fantastic. The most rehabilitated anything, the bo- the best repackaged team ever. I will actually say that, although I said the Usos. I feel like if there's any match of the night that actually is the match of the night and ends in a schmoz where like there is no actual winner, it's probably going to be this match. So the uh, first of the Survivor Series matches, I know Josh is psyched for this because there's going to be love two the Survivor Series. legit Survivor Series matches. Anybody who's around in the Attitude Era knows they were pretty much put the kibosh on this stuff. Yeah. And now that's back. Last year, by the way, I would, would like to note that last year's Survivor Series uh, was the best pay-per-view of last year. Absolutely. Hands down. And this year's WrestleMania was incredible. It's going to be tough to top that, but this card is incredible. Um, well, I'm going to cough. <coughs> So the women's, uh, we're doing Team Raw, Alicia Fox, Nia Jax, Asuka, Sasha Banks, and Bailey versus Team SmackDown, which is Becky Lynch, Carmella, Naomi, Tamina, and TBD. I wonder who, T- no, TBD is Bailey. Uh, no, TBD, there's now another TBD because Charlotte won the title, so she's off the other one. It's TBD. Oh, well. People you- assume it's going to be Natalia. No, I think it's going to be Paige. All right, so what are your thoughts, Hambone? So my thoughts is if it's not Paige, uh, that's the TBD on the women's team, it'll be Natalia, and then Paige comes out for Raw and costs the SmackDown team to lose to help her friends at Raw. Don? I can see that happening, but I I think if Paige ends up as the TBA for SmackDown, SmackDown wins. Otherwise, the, the, the Raw team is too stacked. 
I think with, in terms of top tier talent. I think Team Raw is winning. I think Oscar's taking everybody out, both sides. Just taking everybody out. Oh, yeah. Raw's gonna win. I don't see SmackDown. I, I mean, I mean, unless the TBD is somebody amazing that we don't know of. But otherwise, it's gonna be wrong. I mean, seriously though, it's not like I love Naomi. There's but no she, competition. Yeah, she was a great champion. Tamina is horrible. Carmella is unproven. So it's Becky Lynch, and it's Becky Lynch and Paige versus yeah, we'll you know see. Alicia Fox, Nia Jax, Asuka, Sasha Banks, and Bailey. There's no yeah. The Team Raw one is so stacked. The, the Raw one is a, it's a, it's a murder machine. So maybe, maybe yeah, I, I wrote that they were winning. We'll see what happens. Uh, Raw uh, Team Raw is Kurt Angle, Braun Strowman, Finn Balor, Samoa Joe, and Triple H versus Team SmackDown: Shane McMahon, Randy Orton, Bobby Roode, Shinsuke Nakamura, and John Cena. Just to put this out there, Team Raw has three holdovers from the Attitude Era. Oh yeah, and this will be the first time Shane McMahon is going to face off against his brother-in-law, uh, Triple H. Don, who do you think is going to win? Wait, who, who's your third holdover from the Attitude Era for Team Raw? Kane? Isn't Kane in it? No, no. Kane's not in it. No. It's Angle, Strowman, Finn, Samoa Joe, and Triple H. Shit, I thought Kane was in there. My bad. All yeah. right. But, well, I mean, no. You're right. Randy Orton's uh, the, uh, the what was that? Um, not the Axe of Vengeance. Randy Orton's era. the holdover. Yeah. 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 All right. Don? You know what? I... I think Team SmackDown wins this one. I think at some point, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn cost cost Team SmackDown an elimination, but I think they come back and win it. I agree. I think they need to figure out where 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 um, where those two fit in all this. I think it's sad that they're not on the pay per view. I don't know how much truth there is to them being sent home for having bad attitudes and screwing yeah. up a uh, a segment. But um, you might be right. I have Team SmackDown too. Uh, just because I think Raw is winning everything else. So. Yeah, Team SmackDown is the underdog team, and that's why I think that they are going to win. I feel like they're doing something squirrely to get Daniel Bryan out there for something. And I feel like that's the way they've been building it for a little while. And maybe it's going to be that if SmackDown goes down, Daniel Bryan ends up costing SmackDown the the... The, the match, I don't know. I, I just feel like there's something in the works, something something screwy. You, you know, I'm kind of thinking, originally I was thinking Raw, um, but that's because in my brain I was thinking, okay, if this was an actual fight, in reality, who would win? And I'm, I, I would think Raw, but now, after hearing you guys and your reasons, yeah, you, you convinced me, SmackDown. Anybody not pick one? No, no, they're no. good. So the final match, Universal Champion Brock Lesnar versus WWE Champion AJ. <laughs> I just am a mess. Yeah. Versus, at least I'm not sick anymore. Oh, versus God. AJ Styles, also non-title. I'm going to go with, I, I put Brock Lesnar because Brock Lesnar just always wins. But part of me is like, it's non-title. It's non-title. It could be AJ Styles. I think it's going to be an upset. I think because it's non-title, I think AJ Styles beats Brock. Jesus. Yeah. I Because cause he, he has to lose at some point. He beat Braun Strowman with one F5. I know. And and that's why like it's it, it doesn't make any sense to me, but at the same time, like but none of this has to make sense. It's, it's pro wrestling. I know, yeah. but and that's the thing. Like you, you you can't think of it as making sense. AJ Styles, I think, is just that good. I think it's AJ Styles. Josh. I think they're gonna reward AJ Styles for helping Brock have a really good entertaining match by letting him win this this 
un- unconsequential match. God, I think I think you're right. I think AJ Styles just deserves this because like he just deserves it for carrying SmackDown, for carrying SmackDown, for flying home from a tour to like save a pay per view. Oh fuck, I forgot about that. Yeah, he's done some favors. Don, yeah, yeah. I I don't think Brock shows up unless he's going over. Brock wins. I know, I know. Okay, yeah. that's where we're at. We'll leave that's it at that. We'll lock it in. Um, really quickly, or a little over, but I don't care. It's my show. Um, War Games Takeover Saturday night. Josh, I don't know if you noticed, but they brought War Games back. Yeah, I heard you guys talk about that on the last podcast, or maybe it was the one before. I am so confused as to how they're actually going to pull it off. Me too, and I'm definitely going to be watching it half in the bag after my 20-year high school reunion. Um, so I just, or want, as I like to call it, who got divorced and why are you coming home with me? We don't even need. To, I want. <laughs> so we're gonna. We're, your your high school reunion is gonna be a topic on the next episode. You yeah. better fucking talk. Wait, I, wait, I, of wait a minute, I George. George, we can do a remote live episode <laughs> from Hammond's twenty. Oh my god, if we do reunion. it outside, like from outside of the. Wait, thing. where is uh, it? Uh, the uh, Franklin Steakhouse in Nutley, I think. What What's the day? Saturday. I'm free that day. <laughs> I'm available. It's my anniversary. Come, I can't come in disguise. Go I'm far. really look. I really think there's only one match to talk about here, and that's uh, that's Alistair Black versus the Velvet Velveteen Dream. Dude, I am psyched for that, that match. That is the best buildup I've seen for a, a match in ages. I really think it should be a say my name match. <laughs> like <it's, laughs> I love that. Like it really should because that's. Oh. I mean, it's basically Patrick coming out every week saying say my name. And Alistair Black just no selling him and kicking him in the face and going yoga style. Yeah. I think I think Patrick's gonna win too. He might. Um, I don't know. I'm excited for that match. The other match is just saying there was it, the war games gonna be Sanity versus the Undisputed Era versus the Authors of, Spain, of Pain and Roderick Strong. And that's a bad case of one of these things belong. One, yeah, one of these things not like the other. Not like the other. Uh, uh, so I think that uh, Adam Cole and his crew go over. I think so too, just because they just brought him they in. Brought him in. I think Ember Moon's winning the women's title because oh, I think so. she deserves it. Yeah, I think no. Nope. They're, they're, no. no. Who do you think? Who do you think? No, I, I disagree. I think it's Nikki Cross. It See, would be awesome. I would be awesome with that. I just think that Carrie Carrie Sane is not going over, and then uh, Peyton Royce is not making it. So you're right. It's either going to be Cross or Moon. I, yeah, can, I don't think they're. Yeah, they're not going to pull the trigger on Kyrie Sane yet. She will be NXT Women's Champion at some point, but it won't be this weekend. I say that Kyrie Sane gets it this weekend. That's because you love Kyrie Sane. I don't she's know what any of these people. She's look the like. little Asian girl that won the uh, women's she's, thing. That won. oh my gosh, she was yes, she's a yachtsman. Yes, I want her to She's going out on her yacht. The pirate princess. Yes. Uh, Cassius Ono versus Lars Sullivan. I don't know why that match is on the main show. It, uh, that'll be of, a good match, though. Instead of Peter Dune, Dunn and uh, and Johnny Gargano, which is going to be on the pre-show to air the following week. Uh, yeah, well, Johnny Gargano's going to lose again. Yeah. Even though I think at TakeOver we went to Dunn, I believe the best match was also the, the British match that was hold over to the next week, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, the, the British guys just don't really do it for me. I mean, Pete, I like Pete Dunne, but just like watching the British Strong Style guys, uh, I just don't get the same excitement that you guys do. I love it. Although I, I did enjoy I watching Pete Dunne kick the shit out of Enzo Amore. Oh, that was such a good match, too. Um, that's all we're going to talk about for NXT. I just want to give... So, so Don, you're going to get three minutes? Let's give him three minutes. Oh, Lord. You get three minutes to talk about Kenny Omega versus Jericho, Alpha versus Omega. Go. Oh, come on. You you, you don't want to jump in on this conversation on this? Just talk. The, uh, 
the best bout machine himself, Mr. Six Stars, Kenny Omega versus uh, versus Chris Jericho. That's going to get so many more eyes on Wrestle Kingdom 12 this uh, this coming January. Josh, do you have any idea what we're talking about? Wrestling. I can't wait to New show Japan him it. Pro Wrestling. I can't wait to right? show him it after it. So uh, there was a big pay-per-view this weekend. Their pay-per-views are like midnight to three in the morning because Japan. Japan. And at, Three to six. At the end of the pay-per-view, Kenny Omega was cutting some weird promo with the Young Bucks. At the end of Kenny Omega's match. That yeah. wasn't the main event. At whatever it was. And all of a sudden, a co- countdown clock starts ticking. Weird stuff starts showing. Chris Jericho looking like Eleven from Stranger Things 2 with the hair slicked back he comes was. on. He was wearing like a, a, a barrette. And basically says, you're the Omega, I'm the Alpha. You think you're best in the world? I am the best in the world. Wrestle Kingdom 12 or whatever it's going to be. Dude, I'm sold American on That it. sounds amazing. Oh, I'll, I'll show it to you immediately after the show. After the show, you will see it. It was the first time I got chills watching wrestling since I had the Attitude Era. Well, we said he was he got Kenny Omega on his boat, and then he immediately stopped advertising Kenny Omega on the boat. And then you, I was like, no, I think they're they're building this Twitter feud because they're gonna they're gonna be on Chris Jericho's cruise next year. But pff, this is awesome. And I think you guys have heard, uh, you know, Jericho went to Vince McMahon and went to the writing team and goes, look, I'm doing this boat thing with Fo- like rock and wrestling with Fozzie, and can I have the NXT guys? And v- after like stringing him along, Vince was like. Uh, you know, boats, people get diseases. Boats, people get sick. Then there are disease boats, and then there's wrestlers with diseases Vince on boats. Vince is an idiot. And, and that was the end of that. And he's like, all right. Then he goes up to Triple H. He says, look, I'm going to do this regardless. If you're not in it, that's fine, but I'm going to go another route. And, and he went to Ring of Honor. Went to uh, New Japan. And Ring of Honor. No, Gato was his... He started out in New Japan. I know Gato. he did, but he's got all the Ring of Honor guys. But Ring going. of Honor, yeah, but this is no Ring of Honor thing. This is a New Japan thing. They just have a deal with Ring of Honor. Well, whatever. Right. It's all Ring of Honor guys on the fucking boat. And Jericho was in New Japan for a while too. Yeah. Oh yeah. And this is it's just kind of funny because it's this is going to be like such a big deal, and WWE was just like, nah. So we're gonna close out the show. Hambone, what awesome thing do you love this week? What awesome thing do I love this week? I love uh, The Exorcist on Fox. Uh, second season is ramping up, and it's really, really good. I love the series finale of The Mindy Project. I thought that was so well done, and I was very happy to see it go off on a, a great note. Reminding us all that best friend isn't a person, it's a tear. That was the dumbest thing you've ever said. Josh, what cool Fuck shit you. do you love this week? Riverdale. Really? I gotta watch that it's show. It's so good. No, you wouldn't like it because you don't like things. Because it's fun. It's yeah, fun. I don't like happy. You don't like... Well, it, it's, it's, not, it's really it's not, not happy. happy. Yeah, it's not happy. <laughs> Don, what do you love this week? I, I love the new Greta Van Fleet uh, double EP that just came out. Uh, it's a bunch of like 20-something kids from Texas. The lead singer sounds exactly like Robert Plant did at that age. Uh, if you like early Zeppelin, you're going to love it. Uh, from the Trees is the name of the album. This week, I finally... So, M- M- Mario Odyssey is the greatest game ever like just gotta put it out there that's the that sucked my life away while i was in disney but i just got more lego marvel superheroes 2 for the switch just as fun as the original can't wait to find havoc love it awesome don how can the kids reach you they can reach me on twitter at i'm don becker that's letter i letter m don becker and they could see me at Unwinnable's Geek Flea on Saturday in uh, North Arlington. Yeah, definitely. Everybody come out to the Geek Flea this Saturday. We will be there. Buy some geeky stuff, yeah. some art, some fun stuff. Ken, Lucas, 
will be there signing autographs. Our usual third man who has been working closing shifts lately. Yep. And uh, yeah, right for Geekly. Uh, Joshua. Oh, great, Joshua. If people would like to be to be knighted, if they would like to be a saint, if they would like you to be their fucking reverend at their wedding, how can they reach you? Two ways. Uh, pray. Ah. But if you want a way that works, broken record guy on Instagram. His Twitter is Thanks for destroying my headphone. Yeah, that's fine. It's all Should good. give me a longer cord. How else can people get a hold of you, Josh? I uh, don't even bother with Twitter. Instagram. Broken record guy on Instagram. Sure. So, how can people get a hold of you, Hambo? You find me on Twitter at Hambreaker. I've been tweeting a lot. I'm being followed by a lot of Dungeon Masters, which is cool. I mean, that's the best thing about Twitter, right? It really is. Aren't you doing any other podcasts? No, this is my only podcast. That's the only one that matters. Well, listen, like The Clash, we are the only band that matters. My Thai Happy Hour podcast. I just murdered our headphone amp. I murdered it first. But I'm pretty sure we're still live because we're still recording. Yeah, we are. What did I break? Can you hear yourselves? No, it's okay. How can they reach you, George? There we go. Uh, I don't know. There we go. Come on, sell yourself. These are those wires that you wiggle and all of a sudden they work. Except mine. Okay. We, oh, oh, there I am. I hear myself there now. There you go. I was happy for a second. Now you're happy again. <sighs> How can I reach you, George? You can reach me at GLK Creative on Instagram. You can reach me on GLK Creative at Twitter. I am blogging all the time at cultofgeorge.com. You can book me to shoot your wedding. I got two more slots left for next year at glkcreative.com. I am your Lord and Savior when Josh isn't around. Hambone is a fucking lunatic who needs to be contained in a cell. Don is the man, the myth, the legend, the prog master. He gets his three minutes every week and he gives as good as he gets. This is my Thai happy hour. This is George Hambone. Take us out. Everybody, remember, be nice. Aloha. What is best in life? To crush your enemies, see them driven before you, and to hear a lamentation of your women. That is good. That is good. <laughs>